This is Ozarks at Large. In November, the Reflections Music Series facilitated a conversation with three distinguished guests about the social impact of the arts in peacebuilding, reconciliation, and healing. The third episode of the Reflections podcast is a continuation of that conversation. In the first part of this episode, we hear from Luis Fernando Restrepo, university professor and director of the Comparative Literature and Cultural Studies Program at the University of Arkansas and member of the Scholars at Risk Committee. Anna Baer, video choreographer and professor of dance at Texas State University, and Cesar Lopez, musician, composer, activist, UN Nonviolence Messenger and Amnesty International Emissary of Consciousness, and creator of Escobatara. In the conversation, Cesar is heard through interpreter Erica Almanara. Also in the conversation is Dr. Leo Uribe, Associate Chair at the University of Arkansas Department of Music, and Lee Wood, General Manager of KUAF. The conversation is led by Dr. Almanara from the Department of World Languages, Literatures, and Cultures, and Rogelio Garcia Contreras from Sam M. Walton College of Business and Director of Social Innovation at Arkansas Global Changemakers. This podcast episode begins with a call to action from Dr. Leo Uribe, reminding us of the mission of the Reflections Music Series to reflect grow, change, and teach. As we move into the actual uh, interview and conversation with our uh, guest, I want to invite everybody uh, to do what we do in Reflections. We reflect, we learn, we grow, we change, and then we go out and teach. I'm interested yesterday in our panel, we had a panel yesterday, we didn't talk about the Scopetarra project. And I think this is a good space for you to tell us about that uh, very you know, life-changing event in your life and how it has opened doors for you and, and given you visibility. Perfecto. Eh, nosotros creamos, o yo creé en Bogotá, una, un ejercicio que llamamos el Batallón Artístico de Reacción Inmediata. So in the year of 2000, I created this exercise that was called kind of Batallón Artístico de Reacción Inmediata or Artistic Group of Immediate Reaction, where a group of artists would go to the areas where violent acts were committed. So the idea was to go there like really fast in order to be with the people who had suffered, who had witnessed um, or experienced uh, violent actions, right? So with this, I dream about creating kind of like um, an station um, where artists could leave and have a car and just, you know, go immediately to help people uh, where we were needed because violent acts were were happening. So what we did instead was um, to connect different artists through the phone and tell each other about, you know, a case or a situation where violence just had happened. We would listen to this uh, at the radio or at the news, no? So we will go really fast um, to be with the people that had experienced these violent acts. Este grupo estuvo funcionando desde el año 2000 hasta el año 2004. Y en el año 2003 estalla un carro bomba en el This club, group club operated uh, from 2000 until 
2004 and then in 2003 something happened there was this car bomb that exploded next to a club the nogal club and i went to this space with other musicians with the intention to play music in the remains of the bomb explosion but the problem was that when we got there uh members of the Red Cross, of the police, of the military blocked the area and we couldn't get inside, you know, the remains. Um, but I tried, I tried to, to get inside and a soldier that was holding a gun, a rifle, um, was like not letting me get inside and with his gun, he break my guitar so then this was kind of like a happening right like an image that presented to me and got inspired to create the escopetarras because there we were both of us each one of us with our own tools our own instrument he had again i had a guitar that had been broken by uh this gun and that's how I got uh, inspired to create the escopetarras. So what happened is like I went to different military installations to request guns, uh, rifles, and especially the ones called AK-47. And that evolved in that people from the military, soldiers, live human beings who want to stop war, who don't want to participate in the creation of violence through war anymore, in a voluntarily way, give their, their guns uh, so I can transform them, right? So this has um, created the Scopetarra, which is a symbol, no, a symbol of transformation from violent to art to peace. And I have um, taken these escopetarras to different um, organizations in Berlin, in Paris, in Vienna, no, uh, and different cultural centers in order to present them as a symbol of transformation from violence to peace. Listeners, and just to give a little context, and maybe Luis Fernando can help me a little bit with this. In Colombia, gun possession is not legal. Mm. Uh, only military people and police, and then, uh, you know, uh, those guns in the hands of people were uh, many times uh, is, uh, you know, the, the traffic of guns, and there's a bigger context to this. So I wanted to point that out. Uh, you cannot go to the closest grocery store and buy your AK-47. AK also, uh, I want to point out something that it was very uh, um, um, a strong image for me when Cesar was talking about this, and it is how the way you hold the uh, rifle is the same way you hold the guitar. And that was a moment of kind of mirroring each other and for him to have this image that that can be transformed into the instrument he created. Luis, 
it, it's been uh, more than 50 years of conflict. We recently had a um, peace accord from the main armed groups, not all of them, but uh, as we've seen in other countries, in El Salvador and Central America in general, when you've been solving issues with war, it doesn't finish with just signing an agreement. And uh, this um, war that in, in a way was not caused by the United States and other countries uh, in, in the Soviet bloc, uh, the Cold War brought arms you know, and made Colombia a space of, you know, uh, struggle for for world uh, dominance, if we might think to do that. The drug wars increased that and brought more um, fire to it. And later the drug, uh, no, the, the war on terrorism kind of overlapped. And, and, and for that, um, Colombia has uh, received quite a lot of uh, guns one way or another for what is Plan Colombia. And uh, that just being a military plan when what we need is more a social development and equity plan. Thank you, Luis. And um, Cesar, thank you for the introduction to the Escopetarra. We have been very lucky Colombians in the country and from the outside as well to witness your advocacy from many corners. This is just a little snippet of uh, what you have done. Uh, for for us to represent us and to really put yourself at the forefront of this uh, you know conversation and action uh, to create spaces for uh, peace building. So we'll come back to you later. But I think I would like to go to Anna. And Anna, uh, we didn't have the opportunity yesterday to talk about uh, your film and uh, especially uh, that creation in the context of Juarez. And I would like to, um, if you can, introduce yourself to and maybe tell us a little bit more about that situation that uh, we are not all aware of. Yeah, it's um, the piece that you're referring to is called Mujeres de Juarez. And I uh, I filmed this and it, it's a piece of uh, screen dance, which is the, the marriage of cinematography and choreography. So it's a, it's a film about dance. Um, in which the camera is moving along as a third dancer or fourth dancer. It's a trio, women, and um, I am trying to cope with all this suffering. And my way to coping with it is by making this piece uh, about the femicides in Mexico, which have been happening since the 80s, I want to say, and they have not stopped. So I'm talking about impunity, I'm talking about, um, I show three, three lovely dancers struggling, um, not being able to move a lot. And also they have a tape on their uh, mouth and another tape on their breast. So talking about oppression and um, the music uh, made by a composer, Randy Gibson, uh, you can hear voices and it's just really sad to see this occurrence um, and and it's um, all of this of course has to do with the political and um, with the uh, war on drugs and um, just the amount of corruption that we have in Mexico and um, that that's what the piece is about.
the conversation during the panel discussion, the idea of audiences being desensitized to images of violence and actual violent acts came up. And Luis, you shared something that really struck me uh, about how compassion, particularly as a reaction to a moving piece of art, uh, may not be enough. And uh, Cesar kind of um, expanded on it, that distance between the emotion of uh, being moved by a piece of art and the reaction by uh, the person who's viewing the art. Do you have any thoughts on moving beyond compassion uh, and uh, connecting with the audience member to the uh, point where they may be moved to action? As I started, you know, teaching and developing courses on literature and human rights, uh, the the images of um, you know the torture, the disappear, the, all the different uh, violent assaults were very hard to swallow. But at the same time, we were living in a landscape that uh, we received news, you know, twenty four seven of all sort of suffering. So, going through different critical readings that help to reflect on that, among them, for me, has been very useful. Um, Susan Sontag, uh, who has reflected since the 1970s on war and photography. And she has a question on a book that is of essays that is called Regarding the Pain of Others, and really reflects you know, widely on the whole history of photography and war, very inspiring. And she says, you know, when we look at these pictures of other people's suffering, if we're not gonna do anything about it, that's as a pornography of looking into enjoying the violence. Um, so what, what would be some sort of response? How do we really understand those images of suffering? And she said, well, compassion could be a possibility, but somehow compassion takes us out of the context and we feel better for them that are suffering out there, sometimes far away. If we think today of the many people that for example, died in the Colombian conflict, you know, more than 200,000 or the 6 million internally displaced, or what we hear today from the migrants crossing the, um, the, the Mediterranean. So she says, um, compassion is impertinent in a way uh, because it, it just doesn't move uh, enough. We have to see how our own privileges are related to other people's suffering. So we are implicated in it, and we have to start a, a more a solidarity response. So I know that I expanded, but my book project right now is what I called, and what has been called humanitarian narratives. Humanitarian narratives usually would have a metropolitan audience reading about other people's sufferings. And we have celebrity uh, humanitarian narratives of these artists and everything that are shown expressing compassion it, it, it's an admirable way to some extent but 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 it, it's a band-aid because it not does not address structurally the inequities of the global um, world order and I think that one of the themes that came up for me is is really the idea of that I am still, uh, putting a distinction between the artist and the audience, and that that right there, uh, that distinction should most should probably be destroyed. I would love to hear your thoughts on 
the artistic process, Cesar, you said yesterday, uh, it is the continual reflection of yourself and exploration of your own experience and uh, perhaps inviting what, what I am thinking of as an audience member to partake in that experience, the actual reflection and the processing of your own experience and, and the violence uh, may be the transformative uh, action that we're looking for. Yo, entonces, ayer cuando terminamos el panel, so yesterday when we finished the panel, uh, this scene, this moment came to me, and it was something that happened in 2015. Uh, I was with other artists in Barcelona commemorating a massacre that happened 20 years ago in Sarajevo where 8,000 people were killed in one day. So myself and the other artists and people that were there commemorating uh, this death decided to start naming one by one the people that have been murdered that day, right? So we start at 9 a.m. and it was 8 p.m. and we could only name 1,700 of the 8,000, right? And then I realized how death goes so fast that although we were trying to symbolically, no, mirror in a way that way of being fast, we couldn't because it was 8, p it was 8 p.m. and we couldn't name the 8,000 people that were dead that day. Um, pero lo, lo que sucedió allí durante la jornada es que empezaron a emerger relatos que durante la guerra en Bosnia Another thing that happened, people start telling stories uh, about the war in Bosnia, um, especially artists that perform certain actions. So for instance, there was this group of painters who had a gallery that remained open through the war. Although the war was happening, there were bombs everywhere. They decide to keep the gallery open. They knew they were not going to sell anything, but they wanted people to have this space as a door where they could go and experience an aesthetic, aesthetic moment and receive peace in the middle of this war. Um, I also remember another story where, you know, these circles that remain where uh, shots or bombs have exploded, they were painted uh, from different colors, yellow and red, and that became uh, the roses of Sarajevo. No, So it was a way of transforming this remains of violence into art, into something beautiful. Bernardo Jaramillo, Álvaro Gómez Hurtado 
Y, y como, como, como experiencia muy potente, el, un chelista de nombre Vedran Smailovic. I also remember this musician who played a cello uh, that will just go in the mornings and play whole concert in the middle of the ruins of the remains of the bombs. And I also remember that there was this project where intellectuals from different parts of the world were brought to Sarajevo. And among them, there was some somebody that um, Luis Restrepo mentioned that is Susan Santon, no? And this was like an intention uh, to bring these intellectuals to stop the war, to stop the attacks, right? Um, and also um, they tried to recreate this um, work waiting for Godot in a way of expressing, we are waiting for Yunos no, to come and do something to stop uh, the war. And finally, I wanted to mention uh, this experience of a photographer that was there in the middle of the war, right? Telling what was happening, taking picture. And he was there in the middle of the war of the bombs with his camera. And he suddenly saw this family, mother, father, and children running because they were going to be killed. And this photographer saw an image that could be important in that instant. And they asked the family to stop so he could take the picture of that moment And sad, sadly, when they stop to be photographed, a soldier killed one of the children, right? So then I asked myself, along with this photographer, no, was it worth it? Was it worth it to take that picture to document what was happening when a life was lost, when a child was killed? And it made me think about how us artists, in a way, have caused harm and have been complicit of this kind of situations in the name of art. Thank you for listening to the Reflections podcast. The piece of music that we are listening to right now is a composition by Cesar Lopez, and it is being performed by Cesar. It is Hasta que amemos la vida, or in English, when we learn to love life. We also heard Mujeres de Juarez, music from the film that was created by Anna Bear, and we also heard another composition by Cesar the piano piece and it is called Icaro. We have an amazing team of friends and colleagues um, and they bring their unique perspectives and commitment to uh, discuss, which is reflections. Um, our team is formed by Helen Bequet, Rhonda Mains, Catalina Ortega, Eric Truiano, Erika Almenara, Rogelio Garcia Contreras and you and me. That's right. And thank you again to the Women's Giving Circle for making this podcast possible. And thank you for listening. Please go subscribe so you will get new episodes as they come out and connect with us 
through reflectionsmusic.org. Find us on social media and uh, please share your reflections with us. just heard a podcast it's part of our reflections music series third season and available at kuaf.com and anywhere you find your podcast reflections music series is a project funded by the university of arkansas chancellor's grant for the humanities and performing arts initiative and sponsored by the j william fulbright college of arts and sciences the department of music kuaf 91.3 public radio and the women's giving circle and this conversation will continue into the spring semester with the release of Collective Grief, a public art installation concert and collaborative effort between Lopez and Bear, University of Arkansas students and faculty, and the Northwest Arkansas community. And we'll continue this podcast on tomorrow's Friday edition of Ozarks at Large.